This is Peter. And this is Tom. And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right. This is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Reska, and welcome back to the podcast. So, Tom, what are we talking about today? Today, in honor of Shark Week, we are going to be looking at the 1916 Jersey Shore shark attacks, which were actually the inspiration for the novel and then later the movie Jaws. All right. So what makes this uh, or these attacks so unprecedented? Well, from um, a lot of people don't even know that like Jaws was um, influenced by actual attacks that took place right here in New Jersey. And the big thing about it from what the research I was doing is just from like watching specials on this, because I remember, you know, um, doing that back in the day was that this is like early turn of the century, in the early uh, 1900s, 1916. And the Jersey Shore is just starting to become a um, vacation spot for a lot of people at this time. And also this time, people really didn't know much about sharks, which is kind of crazy when you think about like sharks now are such part of our culture. Um like people know sharks always from Jaws and Shark Week and things of that nature. And really, mm-hmm. back then, they um, sharks were people knew of sharks, obviously, but they didn't think that sharks could attack people. And they never absolutely. Been, and that was like the yeah, crazy no. Thing. Um, actually, there was a guy. Um, I don't know if you read about this guy. This guy Herman um, Ulrichs, I think he was a yeah, New York a, ship ship yeah. owner in eighteen nineties, and um, you know he's a wealthy guy. He had nothing better to do, so. As a ship owner, every time like a ship delivery used to come in in um, New York Harbor, he used to swim out to greet the sh- you know the ships. And uh, what's interesting is people would be like, "Well, you probably shouldn't do that because of all the sharks in the water." And uh, he was like, "Yeah, no, sharks are fine. They're not going to touch anybody." And he actually dared somebody um, to prove to him, you know, if he basically made a bet for five hundred dollars and said, "I will give you five hundred dollars if you can." Name one case of a shark attack in on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, yeah. And no one came forward. You know, $500 was a lot of money at a time, but there was no shark attacks. Well, what else he used to do is he used to have parties at his house, like social life, because he was a millionaire. And um, he would actually have a tank with sharks in it. He would jump in the tank himself to prove it, that like sharks wouldn't attack him. And they said the sharks he had in there were not sharks that were going to attack people anyway. No. But um, it was also like, they said when he jumped in, it startled the shark, and the shark kind of flipped out. And a couple of times he did jump in the water when he saw sharks, but the sharks he was jumping at were not typically the type of sharks that were necessarily going to attack a person. Um, but, yeah, so it was just that mindset. People, even if you read, like, the scientific journals of that time, they would say, oh, yeah, sharks, especially on the East Coast. I think they knew on the West Coast they might attack people, but sharks in the East Coast, that water with that climate, they're, they're just they're not going to attack people. And that's one another yep. reason why – even when these attacks started to happen, no one really believed it at first. And it kind of goes with the Jaws, too. They also didn't want, hey, this is a booming um, booming tourist industry now. We don't want to close down the beaches. So it can't be a shark that's doing this. And that was kind of like the the mindset Absolutely. going into it. Absolutely. And, and you know, Jersey Shore was the escape you know, for wealthy New Yorkers and you know Philadelphia folks. So. You know, this was the place where people that had money and people that um, didn't have money that came for the summer. And like, you know, Tom mentioned before, this was very much a new thing, hanging out down the shore in the summer. And while people used to go to the shore, you know, in 1800s, it was mostly to get fresh air. You know, it wasn't to uh, go, swimming. go swimming. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of became a new thing at the time. 
Um, actually, Woodrow Wilson actually had a house in one of the um, places that we're going to talk about today at the time um, that these shark attacks happened. So let's talk a little bit about sharks. I guess, um, you know, as we mentioned before, people said at the time, uh, there was actually a scientific journal that came out that stated that sharks will, will not, not eat humans. And even if they did, they, they couldn't kill a person. And a shark could yeah. not kill a person, which I don't, just looking at a shark, how do you think that can kill a person? Yeah, that's, that's what's it. crazy. Right. The only way a shark's going to know if something's edible or dangerous. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's going to like, you know, hey, I'll give you a high five with my fin. You know, it's going to try by eating it. It's a shark. Yeah. But yeah, they, they so, just didn't they think, oh, look, look at that 12 foot, you know, 500 pound shark. That's, that can't kill a person. Are you crazy? Right. Like I just, even if a shark's just checking, like, what is that? Let me just like kind of, you know, put my mouth on it a little bit. It's the only way I could check. Anytime they heard about a shark attack, oh, that was made up or it was a fabrication. It must have been something else. That's even what was going on here. We'll get into a little bit. They didn't think it was even a shark at first. Um, and, uh, you know, well, for context purposes, this is 1916. I mean, um, yeah. So someone actually thought that you know was it was it the Germans through U boat that tore off this guy's legs and uh, again they came up with some unbelievable things. I know there's yeah. like a turtle, right? Yeah, they said not not one, a group of snapping turtles, you know, the ones that attacked the one guy and bit off his legs. And so, then they said that a killer whale. And I don't know how that wouldn't freak people out too. I think if a killer whale attacked and bit off some guy's legs, that that would kind of freak people out enough to close down the beach. But that didn't freak him out. But no one thought it was a shark until they actually saw it. There was three attacks uh, prior before the fourth attack, and the fourth attack was actually witnessed by people, and that's when yeah. found like, oh, it was a shark, and that's when they started like going crazy for the sharks. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's start with the first case. So this is happening really the fourth of July weekend, uh, you know, of nineteen sixteen. Um, also, I'm sorry, Peter. Give context. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, pandemic going on, <laughs> kind of uh, familiar, but there's a pandemic, a polio pan- pandemic, right, going on at the yeah. same time, and there's a heat wave going on. Plus, you have World War One going on, so people are looking for this escape there, and uh, that's why one reason why they're flocking to the shore as uh, much as they are. And the first one takes place in um, Beach Haven, outside of it's far from Atlantic City. But um, down the Jersey Shore in Beach Haven, which was July 1st, was the first attack, I believe, right? Yep. So you have uh, Charles Van Sant. He came over with his family from Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, actually. He's a stockbroker. He's 22 years old, wealthy guy. And um, he gets down to shore. And before dinner, he decides he's going to go for a swim. So him and his dog, um, a retriever, go for a swim. He hops in the water. You know, he calls for the dog. The dog's like, nah, I don't really want to go swimming. Um so smart dog, right? Yeah, um, they know what's going on. They know what's going on. But what's interesting is the lifeguard at the time was actually like an Olympic swimmer, you know, that potentially could have saved him, but it didn't, obviously. So while he's out there, he's only about 15 yards offshore, fairly shallow water. He basically gets attacked by this shark. Now, as he starts screaming... Well, the lifeguard, like you said, the lifeguards do run out there to help him. And they actually say that as they're pulling him out, the shark is following them to shore the whole time and still like gnawing on his legs and stuff. They actually pull him from the shark's mouth and his entire leg, his legs are just gone. They look like just shredded up. I'm not trying to be graphic, but they basically, yeah. the one thing, this guy, they look like pulled pork. Like that's what it's basically, his legs just look like. It's ripped up all this flesh and they pull him into the hotel. He just bled to death. That's what happens with most of these individuals that we're going to look at. They get such yeah. massive wounds and especially it's 1916, but they're not ready to treat shark attack wounds. Remember, they didn't think sharks would even attack people. Yeah. And I also was, read somewhere that there was local re- a couple of residents that tried to create like a human chain to get yeah. him out of the water. And they kept on pulling and pulling. And finally, the shark let go. Um, and they were able to take him out. And 
um, his sister was standing right there, right on the shore. Yeah. So she actually witnessed her her brother being dragged in, um, you know, with obviously, like you said, uh, kind of gruesome. Yeah, um, he was alive. He's alive. He's talking to them. He's yeah. screaming. Like, he's like, and he's, you know, he was eaten. Like he was halfway yeah. eaten, basically. Yeah, his official cause of death was a hemorrhage from a femoral um, artery bitten by a shark while swimming. That was his official uh, cause of death on a death certificate. So this was reported by newspapers, not even on the front page. Uh, New York Times it was, I think, the tw- small article on the 28th page, purposefully. And even in that article, it didn't say that he was bitten by a shark. It just said that a man died from an accident down the shore. There was there was one man who did the autopsy. That again said it was a, he said it was an orca that yep. must have done it, or there was a group of not one but a group of snapping turtles. Yep. And obviously, as we were saying before, in the case here is they don't want to lose business. Um, yeah, they want to close that beach because they were warned ahead of this that a lot of the sea captains were coming in to um, from from you know from fishing, and they said, oh, they really saw a whole bunch of sharks by the bay coming in. And they were like, no, well, that's fine. There's always sharks. And like, no, there's usually not sharks there. Yeah. But again, with the warmer climate, so there's a lot of talk about maybe, again, World War One with all the fighting going on in the Atlantic, that's bringing the sharks ashore. More people on the shorelines could be bringing the sharks ashore. Um, that's a great point. The idea of the war in the Atlantic, they said that sharks actually got used to eating humans. Um, yeah, because that's, they're, well, that's another thing. They were blaming the Germans for that, too, like later on. More yeah. anti-Germanic feelings because of what's going on. They're like, well, if you weren't seeing all the U-boats, the sharks yeah. wouldn't get a taste for human flesh, and they wouldn't be coming. That's another thing. that was, Once they accepted that it was a shark, which took yeah. a couple, which took some time. Yeah. Let's eat some Liberty cabbage instead of uh, yeah, exactly. sauerkraut. You know? um, yeah, they said about 15,000 sailors had died from U-boat, U-boat attacks up to that point in the war. And so a lot of, you know... They kind of trying to explain that that's why the sharks got a taste for, for human flesh, and also the sheer fact that this was one of the most packed summers up to that point. So, yeah. kind of coupled with the fact they have all these sharks that are coming in uh, more inland because of the climate. Now you add you all know, these population, it's just more of a chance. People. It's, it, it's exactly. just more of a people. It yeah. just brings we're, up the likelihood of it. They said we were stepping into their ecosystem basically for the first, majorly for the one of the first times is when this is taking place and we didn't respect the fact that in that ecosystem, they're the top predator. So have something to be aware of. And because we weren't being aware of that, you had these attacks basically. So case two, right? It's, it's July 6th. Um, 4th of July weekend is, is over. Uh, there's a, this is about 45 miles up the coast, right? Um, it's yeah. another vacation spot. Spring this Lake. is a bellboy, right? Uh, Charles Bruder is a bellboy at a hotel. Um, he goes swimming with his buddies. And at the time, they used to have uh, everything was kind of roped off, you know, where you could swim, kind of like you would see in a lake today, except now, obviously, this is the ocean. But they still had these poles and um, these ropes. And he kind of went past the rope. Um, nobody really kind of thought anything of it. And then um, yeah, you know, there was so much blood in the water. There's so much blood in the water. Yeah. yeah, like a woman heard him screaming. He was like screaming. She, so she called the lifeguards and just said, listen, there's a, a red canoe that capsized in the water. As they yeah. got closer, they're like, "That's not a canoe; that's a person." Yeah. There was a, so much blood, um, basically, in the water. Because the shark bit his abdomen and his legs; like that whole part of his body was just gone. But by the time they got to him, I guess he didn't hear the theme song, huh? Why do you joke about some like kid getting eaten by a shark, man? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, come on, Jaws, 
Jaws. Just because um, you came, like, we, we didn't get to the Jaws yet. So you're, I know, I know, I know, you're going too fast, man. You're going too right. fast. Relax. <laughs> get excited. So, so this woman that saw him, right? She was she was just kind of chilling on the beach through her binoculars. Yes. I mean, I don't know what this old woman sitting there in the binoculars on the beach. I mean, that in itself yeah, is a little odd. She saw this guy swimming. She's like, oh. Yeah, she's like, hey, I'm going to check this guy out. Um, but uh, so she, yeah. she saw yeah. it through the binoculars. After that point, um, she notified, she started screaming, and the switchboard operator was not notified to get everyone out of the water. And it said it took about 12 minutes to clear all the water from Spring Lake to Cape May. Like Jersey Shore was just basically cleared in 12 minutes because all these relay switchboard operators just kept on, you know, everyone out of water, everyone to water. So, you know, and the same thing, this guy's screaming, a shark bit my legs, a shark bit my legs. They launched like a lifeguard boat to try to get him. You know, when they pulled closer, they kind of realized that as they were pulling him out of the water, that his weight, he was kind of light. Um, and he was light because he was missing his legs. And literally, you know, the shark ate um, his legs. The guy actually died on the boat. He never really... Yeah, he never made it back to shore. He bled yeah. out before they got him back to shore. Yeah. Another thing that's kind of uh, ironic here is that there's a doctor that was brought to the scene. Aster, the boat, is bringing this guy back. And no one really on the shore knows yet if he's alive or not. Aster actually would treat the, you know, the wealthy first, people. Yeah. yeah, the wealthy people on the beach. Um from you know fainting rather than the guy that potentially could have been still alive so 500 people apparently see this shark attack a new york times it finally makes the front page wilson president wilson's secretary of state was staying at the hotel in which this this brooder guy was working um he knew this guy personally so you know politicians are starting to get freaked out this is now becoming like a uh, you know there's a fear of it and they're like wow we're going to lose money Please feel safe. And within the next couple of days, they install these nets around the beach, you know, in the water so sharks can get through. And they have armed guards, you know, on boats with um, with guns, literally just looking for, the yeah. Yeah, looking for sharks. All of a sudden, every possible shark expert is interviewed in newspapers. Very much what would happen today if something like whenever, that. Whenever there's a shark attack, yeah, everyone yeah. thinks that, yeah. But also, in one particular case, there was a woman that was screaming. Uh, this happened uh, I think it was somewhere between July 6th and July 12th. Um, she was on the shore, and she's out in the water, and she starts screaming. And someone thought that she was being attacked by a shark, so they wouldn't go near her. But actually, she just had a cramp, and she drowned. So she winds up dying. There was no shark attack, but people were that freaked out about getting anywhere near, you know, yeah, well, now it's starting to get in people's psyche. And yeah. there's still people denying it, though. Even at this point, there's still some people denying it. It can't be sharks. There's no proof it's actually a shark. Even though there's all these people saying, no, we saw it. It's yeah. still not fully accepted by all the experts. They're still saying, well, this is still something that's not really going to happen. It's really the next attack. I don't know if there's anything else you want to go over before we get to the next no, attack. No, I just you know, kind of bring the point that, you know, here you have two attacks, you know, five days apart where a shark literally attacks a human being and, and kills them. I mean, this is unprecedented. The very first one was the first fatal shark attack that ever was ever reported in the United States, mainly in the United States. Yeah. Um, and the fact that this is happening within a week in nearly the same place, um, this is, you know, it's kind of eerie in a sense. And it does bring us to, you know, the third case. So, so that's uh, going to take place in, Mat- in Matawan. Go ahead, people. Yep. So this is interesting because people, you know, after the second attack. Um, this is the one that really inf- influenced Jaws. It was yep. the Matawan attack that influenced the Jaws um, the novel. Look, yep. You know, first of all, a lot of people start going to pools. They're like, we're just going to go in indoor pools or, you know, outdoor pools. We're going to try to stay away a little bit from the beach. But obviously, there's still some people that see this 
thing as a hoax. But the one thing that they thought was really safe, the one place they thought was safe was inland water, you know, rivers, streams. They're like, well, sharks are not going to be there. And this is where the irony kind of comes into play. So the next attack, or I should say attacks, um, happened on July 12th. So there is a retired fisherman, Cottrell is his name, and he's walking across this drawbridge on the outskirts of town over this um, river, essentially. People kayak there today, you know, very beautiful place. So he's walking over this river and he looks down and he thinks he sees a shark, you know, a big shark that is swimming inland into this river. And, and he's like, wait, no, that's river. Uh, there's, there's not a shark, can't be a shark. But then he starts looking, he sees the fin. So freaking out. Um, he runs into town and he's like, there's a shark, uh, the Matawan Creek, there's a shark. And people are like, yeah, there's a shark in a creek. Just come down, tiger. You know, you don't believe him. And then basically these kids are in the water, right? A group of mm -hmm. kids are swimming around the water and with their dog. And they see this, uh, they describe it as a black weather beaten board or a weathered log. And that's what they think it is at first. Like, oh, what's this log? And then they suddenly see the dorsal fin and they realize it's a shark. And then before they can... Um, basically do anything the one boy um still what still well i believe is his name mm -hmm. right yep Lester he gets Stilwell. um yeah he likes to steer well the shark pulls him underwater and the other boys see this and they run into town to yeah, they, leave him. they actually they're, leave him there yeah, and they run into they town yep they run into town well yeah you see a, your friend just getting pulled on water by a shark what are you gonna do i mean that's so a good question what, what do you do, what, what right? are you do? These, these are kids he's kids 10 years old yeah they were 10 years old like, yep. there's nothing they're gonna do against a shark so they run into town to get help and the people in town know Lester, and they know that he has um, epilepsy, epilepsy, right? Yep. So they're thinking, oh, he must have had a seizure. That's he's not. He wasn't attacked by a shark. The kid must have a seizure. So they all run down, including this businessman, uh, Watson Stanley Fisher. He goes down to investigate. He dies into the creek to find him. All right, believing that he suffered a. Um, it's seizure. a very muddy creek too. Like it can't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when he finds the boy's body. And as he's pulling the boy's body to shore, the same shark comes and attacks Fisher. Yeah. And in front of all the townspeople, they're all like, you know, on the shore watching, being like, oh, wait, did they find, did they find Lester? And all of a sudden, the guy's like, oh, I found him. And then, you know, his body, unfortunately. And then all of a sudden, here's that shark and just literally like jumps out of the water, pulls him, pulls yeah. the, uh, Fisher down into the water. Yep. He, right? has, he, he drops the remains and he screams, he's got me. The shark's got me. Yeah. You know, and then a boat with a, by his thigh. Yeah, exactly. his thigh. and a boat with a deputy sheriff races towards him. You know, um, again, keep in mind, this is not down to shore uh, in a sense of it's on the, in the ocean. This is a creek. You know, it's and inland. And that's what people didn't creek. understand back then, that sharks could go from fresh water, from salt water to fresh water. Yeah. That they can tolerate that, not for indefinitely, but for a, a period of time, they can do that. And um that's a common thing they realize now, but again, it was they just didn't know anything about sharks. This is a great this whole a series of attacks is kind of an example of how like it takes a tragedy for people to actually learn about you know something that's right in their backyard yeah. that they never knew that a shark could do this before. Yeah. So the sheriff gets in there this boat and he starts hitting the the fish. First of all, the um, the fish the shark would sure. not let go of, of Fisher. So. Yeah. He started hitting this shark with his oar. You know, he's hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And after multiple hits, he, the shark finally lets Fisher go. And that's when they bring Fisher ashore. And you're like, oh, snap. But, you know, like, just no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so they, um, you know, they tie his leg because uh, they're like, he's losing way too much blood. And they commissioned a train, a local train, to take him to the hospital. And it, the train skipped all stops. So there's these people that are kind of chilling on the train. And all of a sudden, the stop in Matawan, they bring this body on. They're like, yeah, you're not stopping at your next stop. We're going to hospital. So 
you know, this, the train took him directly to the hospital. Unfortunately, he does not live. So you have three he attacks. Also bled, bled to death, yeah. Yep. So you have three attacks, four victims in about a week. Um, you know, a little over, well, almost two weeks' time. Again, this is shocking to say the least. But Madawan's not over. It's not. It's not over for them yet. So that same day, right? What happened? Actually, the final victim, a young person by the name of Joseph Dunn. He was fourteen. He was attacked off of a dock um, about thirty minutes after Stillwell and Fisher. It's the same shark. All right. If this yep. is the same shark, which is also rare that one shark is just going up and down, you know, attacking all these people. Yep. Um, and the shark bit his left leg. Um, and Dunn was rescued by his brother and a friend who basically had this massive tug of war to get him out of the shark's mouth. Like with, uh, same thing with that sheriff. They're punching, they're kicking the shark. They believe they probably hit the shark at some point in his eye. And that's when um, I know a lot of um, shark attacks now, they say if you ever are attacked by a shark, it, yeah, like. Yeah. If you somehow have like the uh, peace of mind, you turn a little bit. Is, yeah. yeah. If the shark is attacking you, to go for the shark's eye, that they will probably let go just because it's just very sensitive or whatever. Um, and if you actually know what's going on, so if you poke the shark in the eye, like you're going to be able to realize that. But um, they probably, that probably happened on accident. And the shark let go and they were able to get the guy out. And he actually was in the hospital until September. Yeah. Um, just getting stitches and, you know, um, dealing with the blood loss and everything. But, but he, he actually lived. did survive. Yep, he lived. He lived. He lived, yeah. He was the final victim of this, this New Jersey shark attack. And then, yeah. you know, while he's uh, while he's being taken to shore and they're trying to get him to the hospital, you know, a reporter's asking him, you know, how did it feel? And he starts screaming. You know, it felt like a shark was trying to swallow my whole leg. Like, what, what do you think it felt like? The Battle of Waterloo was one of the most famous turning points in world history. But what happened next? My name's David Montgomery, and I'm the host of The Siecla, a history podcast that tackles exactly that. Join me as I cover France's overlooked century in between Napoleon and World War I. The Siecla, spelled S-I-E-C-L-E, is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and can be found wherever you get podcasts. Um, felt like yeah. Um, but this shark attack does start to change things, obviously, with a lot yeah. of people. But also, he does, like, he refuses to tell the reporters his name and his address because he didn't want the his mom to find out what had happened to him before he had the chance to let her know. Um, so he was very much – they're like, what's your name? He's like, no, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. Meanwhile, you know, he's like bleeding, barely surviving. But this definitely uh, kind of turns it up a notch, right? So, Tom, so what happens after this? Well, like what you were saying, Wilson, actually, uh, President Woodrow Wilson, calls a cabinet meeting in the White House, and they decide they give federal aid, and what it's called to, they give federal aid to drive away all ferocious mating sharks, which have been making prey of bathers. So this happens in uh, July 14th of 1916. So this is the, the president, this is a, a cabinet meeting saying, right, we have to start giving money um, to this, these shore towns to make sure that other people aren't going to attack by sharks. So what people start doing is they um, basically start taking dynamite and throwing them into the ocean, into these river bays, literally. trying to um, kill the sharks. That's really what they're doing. I don't know how people have so much dynamite back in well, 1916. Yeah, they also said that every, every single like local hardware store sold out of bullets, and you had this huge shark hunt where people got in boats with guns, like you said, dynamite. Someone actually brought like a small uh, cannon on the boat. Um, yeah. And they just went out and, you know, in, towards the ocean and just hunted for sharks. Uh, there's numerous pictures of men, women, kids with guns just trying to, you know, find these sharks. You know, it's interesting in the sense that this becomes the number one news in the United States. And now World War One's happening. You have, you know, um, 
attacks from Mexico at the time across the border down south. That, yeah, everyone's worried about sharks. Yeah, and they're worried about, about New Jersey. You know, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey and New Jersey sharks. Watch out for these Jersey sharks because they're gonna they're gonna come and get you. And um, eventually, they do find an eight foot um, great white. Mm-hmm. It's a juvenile, so kind of tells you how big those things get. To I guess we'll talk about some great white. Yeah shark facts later on um and it did have human remains in the stomach so they, that's why but it didn't have all the human remains so but it did have some so they, it was definitely probably the one that attacked um stillwell and fisher yeah that's an interesting story least. in itself so um yeah. michael schlesinger i think was the guy um you know he's actually a, into taxidermy and he's out fishing with his buddy about four miles up from ottawa he's fishing and they set up a, a net to try to catch some fish just so they could you know cook it and eat it and all of a sudden, something pulls on the net so hard that it actually stalls their boat. And he's like, what the heck is that? So he looks down and he sees this, this shark, you know, about eight foot or so shark tugging on his boat, basically. So he takes an oar that he had that was broken and he starts just jabbing this thing with it and jabbing and jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. And it's going back and forth, back and forth. But he, he hit his eyes, um, gills and so on and so forth. And... Finally, the shark stops, and at that point, they wave in a bigger boat and tow this shark to shore. And in front of a lot of people that are there, he's like, "You know what? Let's let's open this shark up." You know, again, this guy's into taxidermy. Um, so he takes a big knife and he just cuts the shark along the bottom. And Tom, basically, human remains come out of it. You know, they find a, a yeah, shin like, bone, I, yeah, uh, a, a young man's shin bone other forms of remains and they're like you know this is probably the shark the jersey man eater as it was called yeah the jersey yes. man eater and within like a day he had this thing stuffed and um on display already making money off of it and while some people were skeptical that that probably wasn't the shark ironically enough the attack stopped yes so they think it was probably could have been other sharks too they probably that was definitely the one that probably went after a couple, like Stillwell and Fisher, yeah. like I said before. Was it the one that did all of them? They're not sure. Um, they think it could have been a bull shark. We're going to maybe talk about that later because they tend to be very aggressive. And uh, they're a shark that, that um, they know um, today goes into freshwater and saltwater on a regular basis. Great whites can do it, but it's still pretty rare. But obviously this one did because if it had human remains in it. Yep. It was doing something like that. So um, – yeah, but what this is doing is it's really changing the public's opinions to sharks. You start seeing newspaper clippings from the day about, um, you know, watch out for sharks. They're showing the German U-boats looking like sharks, like trying to eat Uncle Sam. So sharks went from being like an afterthought. These things are nothing. All right? They're just like uh, something in the ocean. It's not going to bother you to being like, watch out. Every time you step in the water, sharks are going to eat you Yeah, type of thing. And But they're still also talking about. Um, I saw this one political, this cartoon, they said, oh, if you go in the water, make sure to like splash and make a lot of noise and that's going to scare away the shark. And if you actually watch any of the shark stuff now, I say, that's like the last thing you want to do because what that's doing, if you're splashing around and thrashing around in the water, what that's doing is that's letting make, that makes a shark think that, that you're like, um, an injured prey. Yeah. So it's more likely to attack you then. But this is back then again, they, they still don't know what they're talking about. They're just saying things. Yeah. Go in the water, splash around, make noise. And then that'll make the shark go away. No, that's actually going to attract the shark. Yeah, it says that they're so sensitive. The sharks are so sensitive. Sound, yeah. Um, and especially sensitive to light contrast. They're like, they could actually pick out your your tan lines, you know, and that could actually trigger yeah. them. Um, they could detect slightest, vi- you know, vibration from yeah. about a thousand feet away. Um, and blood, obviously. Yeah, one part blood mixed with 20 million parts of water. And they could detect yeah. that, which is crazy in that aspect as well. Sharks were killed 
as a result of this. When they were searching for it, you know, when we said these guys yeah. came out with oh, they, yeah, they, when we were throwing dynamite yeah, at anything I mean, that there moves was like in the water. hundreds of sharks that were killed during this time. Um, it just was, you know, but the attacks obviously almost more or less continued until you know Schlesinger got his particular shark. So uh, something else that I found kind of interesting in here. After the shark attack, the shark attacks die. You know, the shark dies. It's until 1960 when you have another shark attack on Jersey Shore. There is a guy. Uh, he's out um, swimming. Jersey Shore, 1960 summer. Turns around, sees a shark. Shark grabs him, and he manages to escape, but he loses his leg. And that's kind of when you had the history, you know, coming back. You know, 1916 versus 1960. Yeah. People are like, "Oh no, Jersey Shore again." Um, however, that was one, just one attack. It was nothing like you had for those two weeks in 1916. I mean, technically speaking, it says that for every human killed by a shark, humans kill approximately like, you know, 2 million sharks. Oh yeah. It's yeah. I mean, that's all. Well, they're saying as they were talking about in the articles and it makes sense. It's human nature. Like we didn't worry about sharks. There was nothing. Then they kill people. So now it's like that over, we go over the, you know, the needle's got to tip weight big time the other way now. And we're just going to go and kill any sharks that we see. And now they have this um, stigma of being this like evil predator that's just going to come and get you every time you step in the water. When, look, I mean, you know, it's horrible that these people uh, got attacked by and killed by sharks. I mean, look so at the likelihood, right, of being killed by a shark. Um, you know, if you yeah, look at statistics, like yeah. you, if you look at statistics, yeah. like seventeen thousand people die from foals each year, right? That's like yeah. one in two hundred eighteen chance over your lifetime that you're going to die from a fall, compared to a one in a three million seven hundred thousand chance of being killed by a shark. You have a better chance of getting killed by a deer. Yeah, it's but it's just one of those things. But but when they but when it happens, it's big news. Remember, every summer you hear about it. Oh, the sharks! What's going on with these shark attacks? And you have those shark experts come on. They're like, "Listen, this is not any more or less shark attacks than we ever have. It's just you know, it becomes a big public thing. Obviously, when a, you know someone gets attacked by a shark or sees a shark in the wild, it's going to be a big it's going to be a big deal because it's ingrained now. I mean, every kid, I know your kids, my kids, um, they know what sharks are." Right. And, you know, you know, that whole, you know, watch out for the sharks. 1916 case is what creates all of that. All right. It really creates that shark in the mindset. And that's just going to lead to in 1974 when Peter uh, eventually uh, publishes Jaws. Yep. And that's going to really brings this into the forefront and probably really probably made the whole shark culture that we know today. Um, you know, stay out of the water, what's in the water and stuff like that. Because I remember when I was a kid going to the Jersey Shore, I would go on the shore and I'd be like, watch out, sharks are going to come and eat you. Yeah, you know, like that's what's funny. Like my dad would tell me all the time, you know, why the sharks are to come and get you. I'd be like, I don't want to go in the water. Then, like, no, sharks are not actually coming get you. But you know, that's what they would say, and it all happened because of Jaws. Yeah, and because of that book, yeah, and the movie, which I guess we can so, talk about. Yeah, too, and, yeah, we're gonna get into that. Um, again, just to kind of finish off the historical context here. I mean, this really was unprecedented. No question about it. I mean, it was odd, to say the least and unprecedented and i'm actually surprised that it took until 1970s to write a book about this you know and not about it per se because there is books written about it. yeah and but people yet yeah, it was a 12 12 days of terror was a book yep. written about it right um, a couple other ones and there's been specials about it but also that most people don't know that jaws was actually based on these attacks yep like it's something that people are like what when you say new jersey like what like jaws is based on something that happened here in new jersey obviously okay i don't forget pete and i are from new jersey we're making yeah. this podcast from new jersey yeah. um but it's just one of these other like 
crazy things that like, you know, happens in this crazy state that we live in. All right. I, they actually have, yeah, the, the inspiration for Jaws and these first recorded shark attacks in the, you know, mainland United States, whereas uh, happened, you know, right now, you know, the beaches that we probably go to at times, you know? So when Steven Spielberg decides to make this movie in 75, you know, um, at first they actually thought they were going to be able to train a shark. Yeah. Again, <laughs> don't know anything about sharks. Yeah. We're going to train a shark. Yeah, we're going to train to a great white. By people. Yeah. 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 That does and not the best thing. They make, the, they make the robot shark and they realize, man, these robot sharks have a lot of hard time working with salt water. Like, really? It's just like, oh man. But I guess, you know, the time, the times, but nowadays they would just make a computer animated one. No problem. Of course. That's what made the movie so scary too. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm not, but it was the fact that then Spielberg had to like, really, I'm sure people know this. He had to really kind of adapt. Um, And the shark isn't really in the movie that much at all. And it was supposed to be in the movie a lot more, but he had to keep on less and less because the shark, if it got wet too much, it would start to shake and it would freeze and stuff like that. He hated that shark. So I think the shark only has like 18 minutes of time on the, in the movie, actually. Yeah. Um, but because of that, it causes that suspense and that, that, that fear really gets put in people. And Jaws becomes that first major um, summer blockbuster that happens from that point on that every summer you're waiting for these Hollywood um, you know, movie studios to put out these big you know, summer blockbusters. Remember when you could still go to the movies and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. But, um, but that, that's what it would be. It'd be you know, this big summer block. What's it going to be? And Jaws was the first one. It, it sets that highest crossing film of all time until Star Wars I, beat that. Until, until Star Wars and then later. everything else after that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, in, it, 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 that paves the way for Star Wars, the, the summer blockbuster. These studios are looking for something to put out there. And, and Jaws does that. Yeah, absolutely. How much do you think? You know, when you look at the events, the real events and the events in the movie, if you know, if you remember, it's been a while since I saw the movie, to be honest with you. How much do they relate? Um, based on some of the characters, the book is different from the novel in a couple and from the movie in a couple of different ways. Um, but the uh, book actually bases some of the characters on a lot of the characters that happened in the 1916 attacks in Matawan. It's much more based on that than um, the movie is. Yep. Can you think of another time in... in- popular history and also you know in history where shark attacks became that prominent i guess in the news well i know i remember a couple of years ago maybe 2012 or 20 whatever it was called like the year to shark because you had so many attacks that's kind of what they were talking about it just became like news it was one of those years or whatever when i, I guess not as much was going on so mm-hmm. they just like, in that summer there was quite a bit of shark attacks i remember that became a big deal, obviously. It, you have the whole fad with what were those movies that people go crazy for, oh, those Sharknado. Sharknado movies, which are just crazy. But again, that doesn't happen without this. I mean, I know that's not actually really going to happen. Remember, I've had students ask me, can that actually happen? I'm like, I don't know. I don't think tornadoes are going to throw sharks everywhere and the shark is still going to attack people. I mean, the tornado itself would kill a shark, yeah. but they're like, oh, no, it wouldn't. I'm like, uh, okay, we're not getting into that. <laughs> but that's that kind of thing. But like, again, they become like part of pop culture. Yeah. These, the, the sharks and these shark attacks and everything like that. And just people are so afraid. Like, you know, when everyone hears that, like you were talking about before that, you know, oh, he did, I guess he didn't hear the music. That score by John Williams is like this etched in people. Yeah. You know, that don't, don't, yep. don't, don't. Like that's just etched in people's minds. I think I'm going to go watch the just, I'm going to watch Jaws 4. <laughs> no, no. They made, they made our Jaws 4? They did. I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to watch it. I remember the, um, 
Remember the Super, the, not even the Nintendo, we're dating ourselves here, the Nintendo video game Jaws? I do remember the Nintendo video game Jaws. I, I remember. I love that game. But it was scary. You're playing that game, you're collecting seashells, or whatever. And I have nowhere you, you again, you'll, you'll hear the music, and then like the, the baby Jaws comes, and he like attacks you. <laughs> and then when you're like in the ship, you have to run around trying to like uh, that's funny. find Jaws I and stuff that. like that. I do remember that. It, it, that was a great game, but it was also like, it was, it, I remember playing that as a kid. It was scary when Jaws showed up. You're like, oh man. So That's that probably because you're related like, to the movie. Yeah. You're related to the movie, which I don't think I haven't, I didn't actually see the full thing probably until I was an adult. Yeah, it's interesting. My, my son saw when he was six and he loved it. And my wife was like, why are you showing this to him? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. He's fine. Um, well, if you watch it like by today's standards, what the kids oh, watch is, it's, it's actually rated PG. It's, it's rated PG. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you don't, again, you don't really see much. You see some blood. You see, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, by some of the stuff that you watch that you know, today is nothing compared to what that movie was. But yeah, you still you still watch it. It can still be terrifying, especially the scene and the the girl in the beginning and she's swimming all of a sudden. She just gets yeah. pulled in the water and everything like it because you know what's happening. But yep. And one other thing I wanted to bring up that actually, if you look at shark attacks in the news, uh, another historically speaking, another time that sharks became shark attacks became prominent in the news um was with the uss indianapolis i was going to say that's probably the that's you know like the most famous yeah in world war ii um and it's interesting about that one is that here's uss indianapolis it is moving atomic yeah they're making they're dropping off the last components for the atomic exactly so this super top secret mission in the pacific ocean world war ii you have a crew of the ship, um, you know, top secret. No one even knows the ship is out there. And, and the ship gets torpedoed, uh, torpedoed and sunk. And you have, you know, it's like a, almost a 1,200-man crew. Uh, you know, at the end, only like 300 of them survived. So these guys essentially wind up in the water. No one knows they're there. And within hours, they start being circled by hundreds of sharks. You know, there's estimates range that it was about, you know, 150 people were eaten by sharks. It was probably, if not the most deadly shark attack on human beings, uh, definitely in American history. Yeah, no question was. about it. Yeah. Yeah, because he saw, I mean, they were just stuck in it again because it was a secret mission. So very few people even knew it was happening, like you said. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, they've kind of forgotten about it in history. Don't I mean, it's talked about, obviously, but not as much as I, I think it should be, or just like a fascinating type of story. They're dropping off the components to make the atomic bomb. Right, that's mm-hmm. that's going to be used just a few short months later, right in August, and these sailors who did who they didn't even know, even sailors on a boat didn't really know what they were doing. Nope. And then, but because of that, they're just we're not forgotten. People were waiting for like it's kind of like, hey, wait a minute, Indianapolis didn't show up yet. It was supposed to be in like two days ago. Like, oh man, what could have happened? Because it was on radio silence anyway because of its mission. Mm-hmm. So they're sending planes to turn the boats, and meanwhile, these soldiers are being uh, sailors are like floating around the water being exposed to sharks. I remember watching a documentary on this one guy, which is like, he was just sick of like seeing his friends every day. They just knew like at night was really when the sharks came. Yep. They would circle them all day, but at night is when they would start attacking. So the one guy just started drinking seawater. He's yep. like, forget it. He, just, he would like poison himself with seawater and he, then he would start hallucinating. And then at least he said, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm going to be eaten by a shark. I won't feel it or whatever. Because he just would rather have that. You're just talking to your friend and all of a sudden now a shark comes and takes him. Yeah, that's basically what was going on. It's crazy, and that's kind of we're talking about shark attacks. So I would say historically, those are probably two of the biggest, uh, definitely in American history, shark attacks yeah. against human beings. You have the USS Indianapolis, um, where literally the sharks feed on these sailors for days, 
and you have the shark attacks of 1916. When it comes to more modern shark attacks, it, it seems that they've kind of slowed down. Well, the, a lot of the ones with the, those were two examples of a shark kind of realizing or sharks realizing that people are easy prey. I think what I've read and what I've, you know, from watching all those specials and stuff nowadays that most of the attacks are actually on um, surfers normally. And what it is, is they actually will show sharks usually attack, they're getting more scientific here than historical, I guess, okay. but sharks usually <laughs> attack like underneath and they go, they go up and attack their prey. And they're saying they attack the surfers because if you look at a surfer from the shark's point of view, they look like seals because they're on the surfboard and they're paddling with their arms and their legs. So they'll just like explode straight up. And what they're doing is that's like their exploratory bite. Um, but a, the problem is an exploratory bite from a, you know, 12 foot great white shark is going to kill a person or it's going to meme that person. No problem. Um, and most of these times they'll bite a person and then just be like, that's not what I think it is. And then they swim away. They don't necessarily always keep, keep on with the attack. That does happen. Those are usually the fatal ones, but most of the attacks themselves are these like um, exploratory bites but again, an exploratory bite from a great white, that's going to leave yeah, some damage. That's going to leave some damage. Uh, that's going to leave a bit. It's not something you're necessarily going to uh, just like shake off. And for those that are interested, you know, tracking sharks, uh, there's a website that actually tracks shark attacks. Yeah. Um, and up to today, um, you know, when we are recording this, so we are August 9th, um, 2020. So in 2020, there have been 14 um, shark attacks in the United States reported as of today. Um, so they still do happen. What made this particular, you know, 1916 different was that it was perhaps highly likely one shark going out of its way to find human beings, you know, in a span of like 12 days. But, um, you know, they still happen. I mean, it's not it's one of those things as long as people are going in the water, it's going to happen just like you're going to have. You know, attacks on whenever people are going into the wild or going into you know where we're not the you know the dominant member of the food chain, stuff like this is going to happen. Also, it says that but, out of in 2019, 41 out of the 64 attacks that took place last year were provoked by people, and Florida is the highest has a number highest number of shark attacks overall in 2019. Um, I saw that too. A lot of people are trying to take like they'll see a shark and they'll take try to take like a selfie with yeah. it. I saw the one, this is famous, uh, it was from like a shark week, but they were filming all these sharks in the water and it, they were all swimming around and swimming around. And one of them just comes and takes just like a little nip on the back of the cameraman's ankle. It's like famous footage. And this, this guy's ankle is just shredded and they have to like stop the footage and everything like that. And they're just like, because he was moving around and, you know, trying to get this shot of the sharks and the shark just, you know, didn't know what was going on and just nipped them, but it just took out his entire heel. Nuts. Well, I guess that uh, that kind of brings us to the end of our podcast. Uh, yeah, anything? I, I mean, so. I think we, do we have any fun facts? I feel like we should finish with some fun facts. We always finish with fun so, facts. Fun facts. Well, I know um, they try to great white sharks are one of these things that um, they don't do very well in captivity for the most part. So you don't really see them. Some there's some um, you know aquariums have them, but the first ones they tried doing it was in um, 1981. Zero tried doing it. Um, and they kind of tied it in with the release of like the Jaws 3D movie, mm -hmm. but, um, shark died because it just didn't eat after 11 days because it's, it's very hard to keep these great white sharks really? in captivity. There's a couple, they didn't even try again until 2006 and that shark only lived for 198 days in captivity. Like these things are just used to being in the ocean. So like to put them in captivity and 
trying to feed them, it's, it's, it's very difficult because they want to like hunt. So you're trying to feed them like that frozen fish and you don't want them eating. You don't want to just put them in a fish tank, you know, one of these aquariums with all the other fish. Because then they're just going to go around and eat them all. This is particularly the great whites. Yeah. And also so it's just, a lot of people don't realize that shark skin is not nice and smooth. It's not like, a, oh, let's go play, you know, pet a dolphin. They said that their no. skin is very much um, like little tiny teeth structures. You know, it's like yeah, sandpaper. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. So they're not. Yeah, they're not. It's just like that. And I know their teeth are always. They always just growing more teeth constantly. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. And uh, yeah, I know. Like you know, my son's always talking about megalodon. He thinks megalodon is still out there. You know, mm-hmm. the, that big yeah. prehistoric shark. But um, there is a shark that is huge. I think the Discovery Channel has a special on it. It's called um, Deep Blue. Yeah. And it's like the largest known great white shark, and they know it's out there. And it's like this massive, I forget how long they believe it is, like over 20 feet long. And it's this female great white that they think is like very old. And um, it usually goes by like Australia and the, the Horn of Africa. It's usually in those areas back and forth. And every year they try to monitor her and see where she's going yeah. and stuff like 21 that. Feet. This massive, 21 feet. 21 feet. Massive great white shark. That's insane. All right. Well, um, another you know topic in the books here. Well, um, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, some of our other ones, but I think it's, you know, again, being that it's shark week and it's also, it's sharks, man. Sharks, people love sharks. That's right. And I know we're talking about how they eat people. And it's New Jersey but, and it's New Jersey and nothing happens in New Jersey, I guess. Yeah, well, that's a, that's I guess a terrible so, thing to say. A lot of things happen in New Jersey. There's a lot of stuff happens in New Jersey. Come on. I know. I think we should really get into some of the stuff that happens in New Jersey. Charles happens in New Jersey. Well, that's, that's, that's a future podcast. We'll Indeed. see. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening and, um, you know, we'll, uh, to send us an email if you have any comments or anything like that on our podcast so far and uh yeah have a have a good night i guess all right so thank you very much for listening guys I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.